Okay, sorry, I had to move my car again. Welcome to the AtCast. I'm your desire hunting Kappa with a dark secret soup. Oh, I don't want to be a Kappa. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Those boys didn't either, but they didn't have a choice. They became Kappas. I have a choice. I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go up this in week, anybody's butts. For- That's all. Listen, it just, it comes with the territory, the absolute territory, which is what this week's <laughs> at stands for, because we'll talk about the spring 2019 season. So buckle up, strap in, and let's get some allergy medication because I I'm my face is dying. Is that what's happening with you? Yeah, I mean, I I think that at this point, like, it's not just being ill, because uh, otherwise uh, it would mean that I have just been ill for a month, and I don't think that's right. happening. I think that. Right. A lot of these things that are happening to my body are just because of the warming of the uh, environment, releasing pollen into the air and into my throat. So have you gotten any allergy medication yet? No, of course not. Oh my freaking God. <laughs> so that's that spring. That's what I have to deal with. But, you know, it just it just kind of be like that. Um, I'm also and, and OK, we'll 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 start the, the what have we been up to, right? Um, because, mm-hmm. uh, last, last night, um, my friend from Seattle came down to hang out here. Uh, and so we went to a tiki bar, which mm. actually had some pretty good food. Surprisingly, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how good the food was. Uh, and then I had some fun drinks. There's a, there's a fun picture of me on Twitter. And then we w- went to my house and played smash and drank more drinks. And mm-hmm. now I'm here in the morning, sort of. <laughs> You're I'm not existing today. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hungover because I downed pretty much an entire liter of coconut milk last night. But um, <laughs> nat- naturally, I'm a little bit like uh, not in tip-top condition, as one as one is after uh, a night of uh, some amount of drinking. Uh, well, I'm glad you had fun. I hope that you get allergy meds soon so that you can sound better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not been it's not been amazing for anything. My sinuses have been clogged and my my throat has been somewhat sore. And oh for for persisting this long, I don't think it's just being sick. I think it's it's the fact that uh, allergy season is here. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, I I went ahead and I I bought that Futaba Nendo. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's super cute, and mm-hmm. the only unfortunate thing is that now that I've bought this, I have to buy the Riza Hawkeye Nendroid so that uh, it oh. pairs with my Roy Mustang one, and then oh, I'll look like... I'm surprised you don't already have Riza. Yeah, I, I'm surprised too, honestly. I just didn't, I, I, I kind of forgot to uh, when she was oh. uh, being released, but yeah, I... It's gonna make me look like someone who buys lots of Nendroids when, in reality, I just like... You can't buy Roy Mustang without buying Riza Hawkeye. It's not. It's a yeah, crime. Yeah, exactly. That's why I I had thought that you bought them as a pair. 
<laughs> no, no, because they came out in a um, in succession. Like um, they didn't come out at the same time. Mm, so I bought the Roy Mustang one in anticipation mm. of the Riza Hawkeye one, mm, and then I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forgot to check when the Riza Hawkeye one was releasing. But right. I'll get around to it when I have some more money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Futaba one, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Nice. Um, other than that, I have been doing. I I really don't think that there's anything I've been doing except for watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I I started it um, maybe a week and a bit ago. Mm. I, I think I think a week and a bit ago, and yeah. I I've gone from the beginning of the show from part from episode one of part one. Yeah. To being caught up. So what inspired you to all of a sudden just dive face first into JoJo? Well, so I, that's a good question because I think it was, I had a little bit of free time. So I decided mm. I would start watching uh, part one okay. and surprisingly, I didn't hate part one. Okay. I, I, like I know okay. a lot of people have a lot of trouble watching part one and they have a lot of trouble getting into it, but I yeah. was kind of, I don't know. It, it was not immediately off-putting to me, and okay. um, it was something that I could continue to watch. Sure. Uh, it helped that it was like a Netflix show because it has autoplay. Like I think that's that's oh, a big part of it. Oh, I didn't know it was on Netflix. Um, the first two parts are on Netflix. So, okay. yeah i I started watching, and it was pretty good. I, I honestly kind of liked what, what it was doing with, with part one, too. Like, okay. And I, I, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I can't do it because we'll just talk about it forever. Yeah, um, I mean, we have a JoJo episode incoming, so. Yeah, so. In which I mean, we'll, we will we'll save it for, deeply. We'll save it for that. <laughs> um, the, I think I just managed to, to watch part one. Or at the very least, I was kind of just there for how like loose and wild it it was going sure. really mm-hmm. like because it's it's not like super concrete other than like here's Jonathan and here's Dio Dio's a bad guy and that's kind of that's kind of it yeah. but they skip through a lot of time like there's a lot of time skips and yeah. I don't know it just wasn't offensive to me to watch and then yeah like I, I, I was more than willing to watch another episode after having watched uh, an episode. So, hmm. you know, and then, okay. um, and you know, and then as soon as part two starts and I, I see what's happening with part two, you know, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm in it, right? Yeah, you're it's you're great. in that Tomokazu Sugita. Chain. Yeah, I love I love Sugita. So, <laughs> my boy, my boy. Yeah, I was definitely not expecting his voice to come out of that mouth, and I was just like, you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, part two, part two was really good, uh, and it mm-hmm. was really what started to to like heavily engage me in the show because right. mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is cool, and then like they have all of the, um, like they have all of the the like hints at what's what's to come in the, the later parts where like yeah. they're using their powers to fight in creative and interesting ways and yeah. like yeah like some of the times they're definitely like ass pulls but like they're ass pulls <laughs> in like a fun way and sure. in a way that's not like it doesn't feel like 
um it feel it doesn't feel like it's like aha i got you with my my dsx machina it's mm. it's more like it it's it, it feels believable sure i think to some extent as especially believable for a jojo show <laughs> right as 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 believable as it gets and especially for you know jojos um yeah like if you if you manage to sort of get into the headspace of jojos early then you're gonna have a, a like a really wild ride with part two yeah um yeah part two part two is great it has um i think one of the most iconic like themes of the of the show like um, oh yeah the opening theme and also yeah. the the pillar man theme the one that the blares that's like when the dude show anyway it's really cool uh, and then part three started and like I was just like super into it and I I binged way way through it and then because of that uh, I was like I need more JoJo's in my life I can't just stop there so you just kept going <laughs> so I watched part four which was very different yeah mm-hmm. and it feels felt more much more like Persona 4 actually <laughs> yeah I can see that uh, and then I was like Cool. So I started watching part five. Yeah. And Are you caught I, up in part five? I'm caught up on part five. I watched the latest nice. episode. Um, nice. Metallica Stan, the, the Stan Metallica is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> it distresses me to no end. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, part five is good too. Uh, it it is also definitely different, and I'm kind of concerned at how many limbs they lose. Um, yeah, they lose limbs, limbs. all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have a little more freedom because they do have an actual like healing stand or regeneration See, stand, rather. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say like that. That's what I felt about part four, and then they yeah. really ramped it up in part five. I was like, exactly. "Well, you don't have a healing stand anymore, do you?" Oh, you do. Exactly. Yeah, they were like, "How about a more powerful healing stand so that we can do more stuff?" <laughs> yeah, push it. There's, there, I mean, there's some very interesting stuff that happens. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the way that stand battles get more and more complicated. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, JoJo's. I I watched pretty much all of JoJo's, and I'm gonna start reading the manga soon. Dope. So, because I need to know what happens, and then I need to know what part six is like, and then I need to know what part seven is like, and then I need to know what part eight is like. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be sort of gone for the next couple of weeks. Just don't even think. Don't even. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's that's it. What have you been up to? I finally uh, had my first convention of the spring slash summer. I uh, went to Anime Boston, and uh, it was expensive as hecky doodle because the registration was expensive, the plane tickets were expensive, the Airbnb was, it's just all was just like a lot. So I was like, well. It's a big F. Yeah, I uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I'm here mostly for the experience and seeing what it's like because I heard it's a big convention and that it's actually pretty good if you can afford to go out there. Um, and yeah, it was. It was really awesome. The people there were super, super nice. My table neighbors were really, really awesome and supportive. And um, usually if you're tabling at an artist alley, I mean, it's 
you got you got like a handful of egos, but then everyone else is just like super cooperative and awesome. And they're just like, you want some food? You you need a break at your table? I can watch it for you. Like that kind of thing, you know? Um, mm. uh, and so, yeah, it was overall like a really, really nice experience. I met a couple of characters, as you do at these conventions. And so I had some interesting conversations. But uh, <laughs> I, I basically spent all the last night on my Twitch stream just talking about it in great detail. So that's why I'm kind of like glazing over it now. Uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, overall, it was really good. I, uh, I'm debating whether or not to go again next year. But I think if I do go again, I'd like to spend a little more time like sightseeing because it was my first time in Boston mm. and like all of the spring trees were in bloom and everything so the city looked really pretty and then there's the waterfront right there too and so it was really pretty to look at at night and i was like ah i want to walk around this city because they also have like of course they have like really old american architecture there too so i'm like ah i just want to look at the buildings and so <laughs> um yeah so uh overall it was a fun time i'm i was dead tired afterwards though because the artist alley was the longest hours i had ever sta stayed at an artist alley which was 12 hours per day except for sunday um so i was like man that's this is so like i'm <laughs> i can't do this <laughs> i don't know how how we survived but you know what we made mm. it so well, yeah, uh, uh, like one of my other friends in the artist alley came over. I didn't even know he was going to be there, but we had tabled at similar conventions, like because, you know, from when I lived on the East Coast and he came over and he was just like, are you OK? Because <laughs> I was so grumpy from like not leaving my table for a long time. I leave like maybe once or twice to like go use the restroom. But otherwise, like I've got all my food there and then I've been there from 10 a.m. and then we close at 10 p.m uh but yeah no it was it ended up being fine and uh yeah um i think that's basically it yeah uh then i think the next time i'm going to a convention is at the end of may and then Ooh. i think i've got one once per month and then i think august i got like two but yeah man convention season sounds exhausting it's really exhausting. Um, I don't thankfully, know how you do I've it. got it spaced out, but yeah, it's it's pretty tiring. <laughs> Listen, you gotta like you gotta make you gotta make a name for yourself so they pay for you to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know too many artists who get paid to come. Like, I mean, if you're a panel guest, that's one thing, but not so much if you're an artist. <laughs> yeah, just become a panelist. I just, yeah, just switch over and suddenly grow a lot of charisma and make people love me and just talk at them. <laughs> well, I mean, Renu, I don't know how to tell you this, but like you're doing that right now. No, the, 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 I, I'm not sure how successfully that is. <laughs> like I, I don't know, how to, I don't know how to tell you this, but if, if you're, um, you know. <laughs> like your, your whole thing here is just talking i know but then i'm also producing art too that that's what makes me feel better about it i guess oh okay it's like i can make up for my lack of talking skills by making nice art for the podcast easy <laughs> well listen mm. i believe in you i think you uh, can do it oh uh, thanks buddy
<laughs> Hopefully, we'll continue improving this cast. And yeah. All right. With it, our talking skills. <laughs> Let's talk about anime. Yo, spring 2019. Yeah. It, Bro. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I think I think this is a quieter season actually than last season even. I completely agree. <laughs> because uh, the um uh, like thinking about it there were some really good standout shows last season. Yeah, like surprisingly so. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Like, there was a and solid then, core of things that I would I would like continue to watch. Right, exactly. And this season it feels like there's there's just like a, like maybe a handful of things that are like really explosive and then everything else is just like middle of the road kind of like you know like chill or like you know not not super like on your on the edge of your chair kind of thing yeah you know it is a very like slice of lifey season and not sure mm. why i don't know <laughs> oh well well, let's let's start by talking about One Punch Man season two. Season two. So, if you're not aware, season two of One Punch Man is uh, not not by Studio Bones, but by JC staff. The director has changed, and the staff has changed. Season one was actually by Studio Madhouse and not Bones, and so it's it's it, it looks different. It looks very different. It, um, it feels different too. Yes, yes, as you would expect from, like, you know, basically an entire different anime studio taking over the project. Uh, but the source material is the same, so you're going to get the same content. It's just going to be presented differently. Um, and I think because people were so, so deeply in love with season one, when they heard about that for season two, it honestly didn't matter who was going to take over because people were going to riot. <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of people also don't really care. Uh, I mean, one would hope. I, for me, the general feeling from people coming into season two was I kind of am worried about it slash I kind of don't know if I want to watch it because it's not going to be the same. Uh, and then the other portion of people who are fans of One Punch Man were like, well, I'm going to give it a chance and see what it's like before I call make any judgment calls. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, if you... Well, I didn't. I actually never even watched the trailer for season two because I was just like, I just want to go in with like a blind experience, right? Oh, um, you, you did, you did good doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, man, did I make the right decision? Because the public outcry after the trailer was fierce. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, if you ever wanted an example of how to not cut a trailer, then mm -hmm. the One Punch Man season two trailer is uh, the prime example of it. Yeah, it, it's I it, it's I don't know why, but for some reason it's like they took all of the the worst parts of the animation and they decided to stick it in the trailer being like, "Yeah, watch right, this." Right, that's what I heard. Yeah, it, which was which is insane because it's like the animation itself, which I mean, I guess we might as well jump into talking about it is like it's good. Like it's not it's, it's not obviously bad. not going to be it's not going to be Bones, but Bones had different priorities when they were, you know, because they had different specialties when they were animating One Punch Man. JC staff also has different priorities, different strengths that they play to by uh animating One Punch Man and you get to see that while you're watching, right? Because for me, the animation focus on season 1, which is very apparent is that they put all of it into the action scenes and then for the regular talkie talk scenes 
it's very like low budget kind of like wow you're saitama talking oh there's a shot of genos oh there's a shot of the bad guy in multiple different angles as he goes on his tirade and it's it and then that's what makes the action scenes so fantastic and then for jc staff the way that they approached uh season two is well this show is like 80 to 90 percent talking (laughs) and then 10 percent of it is the action right and so they spread out their budget so that they could animate a lot of the secondary motion in the ordinary talking scenes but then of course as a result there's a cutback from the action scenes which you know one might argue is the most important part which was why people love the way that bones did it but at and at the same time it's not like the action scenes even look bad right and overall the style has a very different feel to it like for Bones, they came up with like a very clean line art kind of style. Like all of the focus is basically on the line art. And then you've got like the flat colors. And then, you know, it's a very sharp looking style. And then for JC staff, they have a very organic style. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but the line art for the characters is it looks like it's hand drawn. Right. Um, yeah. See, I was going to I was I was going to say fuzzy. It looks fuzzy. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like um uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, it looks, a, I don't know, it, it looks honestly a, a little bit like Mob Psycho, right? Like I, I feel like if you would compare season one of One Punch Man to season two, whichever one of them would look more similar to Mob Psycho, I would say season two looks more like Mob Psycho. Uh, and uh, there's also a larger focus on lighting and texturing um, with JC stuff. So you'll notice like, uh like like there's just like a very different kind of feel because it doesn't feel like as quote unquote clean right it's not all just like cell shading and that kind of thing it's it's uh they apply a lot of different kinds of textures to all the different objects going on there's a lot of background work right and and again like they they have a larger focus on lighting so you can really feel like oh it's sunset blah blah like the city looks all pretty sun is setting like that kind of stuff so um for me, the general impression for the animation specifically is that it's just an example of like it's different, but not necessarily bad. And uh, I think it's a shame that the trailer was apparently cut so poorly that it highlighted all of the flaws of their animation style because it's not obviously not going to lend itself as well to a trailer as something like uh, the way that Bones animated it. Yeah, I mean... What I would say about it is that I, I think I would tend to disagree. Like, mm. I, I think I would, I would say that the, the second season is not as good as the first season. Mm. Because the thing is, it's fine to have a different style and, and a different sort of, um, like, uh, focus, like different prioritization in terms of, of how you're making um, an anime, right? Right. But I feel like, for for me personally, it the talking scenes don't stand out to me as particularly more interesting than than Bones's. In in many respects, I I think okay. that the lighting is almost a little distracting. Sometimes it kind of feels like they're doing it just because they can, and it makes mm. it look better than okay. it would otherwise. But only because it. Um, 
Like it almost feels like, you know, when you're when you're like in middle school and you like use a, a cool texture or something on Photoshop so you don't have to actually make something look good. Mm, um, OK, which isn't to say that I think it's bad. I think that for for people who liked the first season of One Punch Man generally and, you know, who just want more One Punch Man like this is this is more One Punch Man like you're going to get more One Punch Man. It's more of one's story, which is you right. know really engaging and uh a large part of the reason that people like it in the first place. And right. it's not badly animated. Like it's it's quite technically proficient. It it is not bones, right? And like no no one's bones. But it, it is not as sharp. It's not as fluid. It's not as dynamic. And those are a lot of the reasons people like One Punch Man. And right. I, and I'll say that that's not because of of one even necessarily so much as it is because of um, Murata's redrawing of One Punch Man. I think that Bones's recreation of of One Punch Man is is like the I think I think the adaptation is more closely aligned with uh, Murata's like right. redrawing yeah. of One Punch mm-hmm, Man. Mm-hmm. And I think that the JC staff like, I mean, I called it a fuzz because when I watch it, it doesn't feel like. Um, like I can see it feeling like kind of more natural and organic to look at, but when I when I look at it, it just feels like fuzzy and not as as well defined because the source material it's adapting is so sharply drawn. Like it, well, the the art <clears throat> is so sharp and right. The, there's panels in and and this is it's kind of a funny like sort of roundabout we've made here uh, because people were actually complaining about the Bones adaptation of One Punch Man because the animation wasn't as good as, as Murata's. <laughs> because some of the panels in, in the manga adaptation of, of One Punch Man basically play like animation, and they're disgustingly gorgeous because Murata is just a, a wild man. Right. And... Yeah, I, I I think that like you just have to go into it expecting it to not be as dynamic as one because like there's that st- there's that scene where Saitama jumps from King's house uh like outside, and if you compare that scene where he just kind of goes wee to the scene where Saitama is jumping from the moon in in the first season, like you're gonna see a world of difference, and, and obviously these are of a different scale of like you know intensity like jumping off of a building is much different from jumping from the moon to earth but you can see the the levels of of you know um like dynamics at play there and i think that just all in all like bones is a lot better at adapting for anime like i think jc staff is Mm. is kind of just like a one-to-one recreation whereas in in bones they do act they do actually a lot of work to to make sure that a lot of the stuff that happens in in One Punch Man is is translated visually. Um, mm. The moon, the moon scene specifically, right, is a good example of this. And people have brought this up where, in the in the actual manga, he's talking to himself in in his head, like he's thinking, and there's like thought bubbles, and he's like uh, like you know talking about the distance of the moon, the gravity, right. Um, but in the anime, he doesn't say anything. He just takes a rock, throws it up and down to see the gravity, and then he jumps. So right. there's a lot of work that goes into adapting for anime, like for right, the visual yeah. medium that yeah. I don't think that I don't think JC staff does or really prioritizes. And I mean, like we have to talk about why 
One Punch Man season two isn't handled by the same studio or director. I mean, it's because uh, it's because obviously people want more One Punch Man, and and I think that's like it's it's kind of like the monkey paw that's like curling here a little bit because it, like yeah, we're getting more One Punch Man and we're getting this story and it's a really good arc. Like the the Garo arc is a really great arc. But it's not going to be the same as people want. Like, it, it's returned, but not the same as, as people remembered it. And I, I think arguably not as, not as good because it... Um, not because it's, like, objectively worse, but I think because it doesn't do the things that One Punch Man was known to do as, as well. And Right, but we've also only watched one episode. <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's true, but I, I think you get a sense of, of what it's like yeah, when you watch you, the episode. Right, right? You, get, you get a sense of it. But I also feel like, for me, some of the biggest flaws of season one, again, which I loved, is that uh, the 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 majority of the episodes were really boring to watch. And it's only because the fight scenes were so over the top amazing that that you get that that you end up leaving with a positive impression, like a more than positive impression, right? And so that's why I feel like, for JC staff, they kind of decided to spread it around a bit more so that at least visually you're more engaged throughout the episode versus for only the like the last five minutes, right? Um, I mean, yeah, but I feel like I feel like there is I I've gone into One Punch Man with a different sort of perspective is is that I'm not there for action scenes necessarily. I'm there because I'm engaged with with the material that it's it's grappling with. And right. I feel like even that to me it is not as as good at that. Mm, okay. Right? I feel I feel like like it's 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 just not as visually interesting to watch even during the sort of boring talking scenes because there are a mm. lot of talking scenes. Like there's a lot of talking that goes on in the anime yeah. even in season 1. Yeah. But to me that's like that's also part of it, and I don't like. I like that too. So. I mean, I do like it too, but I, I'm I'm saying like visually, it wasn't very interesting to watch. Like content wise, it's of course fine because I like the story of One Punch Man, and I like mm-hmm. One's work. Um, but I think visually, it's just like I I like the way that JC staff does those parts. Is because I'm at least getting eye candy while I'm listening to people talk at each other versus yeah. just watching like you know. Like like same kind of lighting, like like same very basic <laughs> general lighting between these three characters or whatever that are always talking at each other. I guess I guess the difference is I don't find it particularly interesting to watch like visually mm, any okay. more so than than season one. To me, it doesn't sure. doesn't feel like there's an appreciable improvement. Okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, also to be fair, like I mean, it, it is. We have only seen one episode, but, like, we are talking about JC staff here. J- like, JC yeah. staff, which is known for having lots of really boring, only mouth-moving talking scenes, and then putting all the budget into, like, the one action scene. JC staff? JC staff. I don't know. You've watched Food Wars, right? That's literally what it is. Yeah, I mean, I've watched Food Wars, and I've watched Toradora, but for me, they put a lot of effort into secondary motion, too, is the thing. I think Toradora is, is a different example, though. I feel like Toradora is, on average, better, question mark? They do still have that sort of same thing where it's a lot of people talking at each other. And then, yeah. 
uh, and then they put the budget into like the really serious scenes, which I'm I'm fine with. I think that that plays well to how that show works. Um, but yeah. I feel like when I watch Food Wars specifically, a yeah. lot of it is people just talking, and the talking isn't interesting to watch because it's literally just their mouths flapping, right? And the the angles aren't that interesting. So right, it, it might just be like a difference of director, right? From from those shows, and it might be a difference of of how they want to present this show. Um, but, like, I mean, again, I don't find an appreciable improvement here. Hmm, okay. I mean, to be fair, like, even in the first place, I, the only thing I really liked about, or I, I liked One Punch Man, but I much, I much, much prefer Mob Psycho anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think... I mean, there's some really great scenes in, in the first season of, of One Punch Man, especially for, for visual storytelling, but um, specifically, like, the, um, the, the Ocean King uh, fight or whatever, that one was a really mm. good one. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a really good arc. And it's, yeah, I, I think that, I don't know, I'll have to wait and see, because it really depends on whether they can land the emotional beats that happen later in, in right, the arc. Exactly. Like we're doing a lot of judgment based on the first episode because it's, it's like our little sampler of like, okay, how's the rest of the season going to be? Um, especially because it already does have like a small fight in it. And so we're like, okay, well that's how the action's going to be, I guess. But yeah, I am I mean, interested uh, in seeing uh, because boy. like the story is going to have like a huge thing that happens in it. And so, I would I would honestly be okay if they just kind of glossed over the fighting a little bit more and like didn't even sort of attempt that um mm. because uh, from a fight direction standpoint like it's not okay so even even if you're not bones which is fair cuz only bones is bones I still don't think the fight direction in season 2 is good actually I I think it's oh, okay. actually quite poor um, cause there's that, you're right. There is a little scene where, um, there's like a fight between Genos and the robot and yeah. it's just not that fun to watch. Like they're just kind of shooting lasers at each other from really boring, um, shots and compositions and perspectives. Honestly, like, like the motion doesn't look that good. I would, I would be okay if it was better and it was shorter, right? Uh, mm. if they didn't try to like extend it. I mean, I, I get it. It's uh, you need to fill fill the time and stuff. Uh, I yeah. I, I guess I guess it's just like I I I think that for what it's worth, like even if they do put a lot of uh, effort into like the sort of like talking scenes, you know, if it's not if it if it's at the cost of all of the all of the fight animation then i don't know uh i feel like there there is there is a little bit of fighting in in one punch man that's like like the the whole point is is the sheer difference between the like fight for your life that all the other heroes have with you know villains and and monsters and the sort of trivialness of that to to saitama so i almost feel like to me like the boringness of of the shots in season one kind of lends to it in mm, in okay. in contrast and i think sure. you were i think you were saying this too i think you were saying that um because of that the action scenes really stand out i i honestly i would say that the opposite is also true i think that because the action scenes are so so dynamic 
and the regular scenes are so plain uh in in contrast i think that actually that helps to like set the tone i think that helps mm. to set the tone of, of sure i can when see that yeah saitama mm-hmm. is there versus when he's not right so, right right I don't know. It, it, I think it stands to be seen. Like, I, I think we'll have to watch the rest of the season to, to really get a sense of it. Sure. Um, the portents from, from what I'm looking at in, in episode one suggest to me, um, like, what I'm, what I'm going to feel about it. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. We, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I don't um... think I'm going to like it as much, but, I mean, I think that's fine. Honestly, it's more One Punch Man. I liked One Punch Man. I'll watch it. Right. Okay, so next we have Kimetsu no Yaiba, which is another shonen action glory fest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's animated by UFO Table, uh, and they do actually a really good job with it. I was, I was rather shocked because I looked at the art style and I was just like, Okay, this will be interesting to see, you know, animated. Um, and I think they do a pretty, they do well. I mean, there's like, and and we pointed this out like frequently while watching it, but there's like really like, they try to like sneak in all sorts of CG oh my in God. there. <laughs> they try to sneak in CG so often. And yeah. like, okay, all credit, all credit. It's, it's UFO table, right? So the yeah. CG is actually really good. And... If it it's was fine. like, I mean, for CG, it's really good. And for if, CG, if it's you good, were like, if you were watching, overall, it's fine. if you were watching from a distance, you might be able to not tell. Like if you like squinted a little bit. Yeah, it's it's fine for like a seasonal anime, which you know, if they're producing it week to week right. kind of thing, then it's it, then it's actually quite good. Uh, and, and they have like, I mean, to to like to be fair, like they probably have just tons of CG budget. Yeah, and they like, <laughs> I feel like they choose fine enough moments. Like they choose moments where it's like you only need like a quick shot of it or yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, bamboo things falling down or whatever or like a bird in the corner. <laughs> yes, oh my god, the bird. Hey, look at that bird. <laughs> we had to rewind and we were like, was that a CG bird? <laughs> like, yeah. It it super was. Yeah, they they sneak CG in all over the place, but it's it's in places where you would expect to see CG. Like it's yeah. in places where there is a lot of like it's very quick motion and it doesn't yes. the camera doesn't hang for a long time. So right, even exactly. though even though you know it's CG, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, like, exactly. You'll, you'll process that it's CG, but it it doesn't feel like um, it's there for no reason. It doesn't feel like it's, it's right, obtrusive. Right, exactly. You you recognize that CG and immediately you're like, okay, I understand why they did it. And then and spe- on, speaking right? of someone Speaking of someone who has seen Goblin Slayer, like, boy, <laughs> there is a world of difference between the use of CG and, and that and Kimetsu no Yaiba. It's actually ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we haven't actually talked about what the show is about. No, because the CG is important. It's really important. <laughs> it's about it, it's about like sort of uh a, ancient feudal. Jap- I don't know if it's it's some somewhere in like Japan, like some some kind of Japanese setting. <laughs> uh, it's not. I'm I'm fairly certain it's like pretty on the on the line between like um, like just just imagine that it's on the line of the ninth of the uh like 19th to 20th century probably um, right 
at least that's what I think. Uh, it might be earlier, but it doesn't really matter because it's more of a fantasy story anyway. All right. So you know, um, it's it's not necessarily one to one. Anyway, it it is about a uh, boy who lives with his family, and then his family gets eaten by demons because the demons come out at night and eat your family, and and his yeah. sister has has turned into a demon. And yeah. he's, um, but she's she's so- somewhat in control of her demonness enough to not right. like eat his face off immediately, and right. so he ventures off on a journey to join the demon hunting corps so that he can figure out how to turn her back into a human. So basically, yes. uh, and also to get revenge for the rest of his family. So basically, it's yes. like Attack on Titan, but if it wasn't written by a, a weird fascist. It's it's basically another Shonen Jump story, which we all know the Shonen Jump story, right? It has a certain pacing, it has a certain like con- like amount of content that like it has certain emotional beats that it hits. In, oh, for and sure. You could tell like 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 it's almost formulaic, right? The way that it, that these these uh, works that get approved for Shonen Jump are right, mm-hmm. and so it follows that. But at the same time, there's a reason why they're so popular, and so the execution yeah. is good. I think the execution of it is is the reason why it's so popular. It it is. Yeah. You know, it's a tried and true formula for sure, but it's still good. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, so I, I would I don't also. Mind s- it. I would. I mean, like they have a lot of the um, the progression of it as uh, you know, like thing happens when kid is young. Kid shows promise. Kid goes to trainer to train. Two years later, and I've just summed up the first three episodes. And when you when you boil it down like that, it doesn't sound very interesting. But because of the work that goes into the, um, because of the work that goes into like the characterization and the story and especially yeah. the animation, yeah. it is actually really good to watch. Like it's really fun to watch. Oh yeah, I, it's 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 exciting. Honestly, I th- yeah, I was I was surprised at how quickly I got attached to these characters. Right. Yeah. Because after about an after like an episode, I was like, "Oh, I'm here for this. Like, mm-hmm, I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to see these kids go on their on their adventure. Where, where are you going, kids? Mm-hmm. And where I are was, we going, kids? <laughs> where are we going, kids? I was really surprised because uh, the animation, aside from the CG, is actually really good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, UFO table. Like, come on, it's it's UFO table, but. <laughs> It has no. It, it, this show has no joke. One of the best anime fight scenes, like one of the best sword fight scenes I've seen in a long time. It was. I was like shocked at how good it was. I was like, "What the heck?" Like there was, there was, there was like camera angles and rhythm and choreography, and it legitimately yeah. felt like a sword fight in in yeah. the best way possible. Yeah. Which is more than I can say for a lot of stuff that I've I've been watching. I guess. I mean. Sure. Yeah, like aside from aside from Mob Psycho and their like psychic battles, like um, I'm hard pressed to think of like a really really intense like nice action scene. Uh, but it's Kimetsu like no Yaiba nice really classic, delivered. You know, good action scene, and I was just like, wow, I'm. It was I'm just stunned. solidly done. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was solid. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is it is for sure a um, you know, you can call it a formulaic show. Um, because it, it's based off a formula like manga. I, I mean, okay. <laughs> as far as as far as formula like stuff goes, you'll probably like it better than you like Black Clover. Uh, 
you you say as someone that has both watched the anime and read the manga and has praised the manga. <laughs> manga is much better because it uses the tropes to to elide time. Anyway, yeah, I think that Kimetsu no Yaiba is is executed really well. I think it's a really yes. solid show. Yeah, and definitely, definitely, definitely watch it. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I would say I would say maybe do the the first three episodes because that then you'll get in actually the the fight scene that we're talking about. Um, you'll get a feel for it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I liked it. So next we have Fuduba or Fruits Basket 2019, which everyone should know about Fruits Basket. <laughs> I mean, everyone should be aware that Fruits Basket exists. Exactly. Even you youngins that that were born, like, after its existence, like, ought to know that it exists. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a classic, a, a, a masterpiece of, of shoujo uh, drama. <laughs> it's 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 funny because it has like the wildest premise right of like okay this is very like you know shoujo from a couple decades ago of like uh yeah it super is uh, yeah yeah like like you have you know girl she you don't know what happened with her father but she was raised by her mom and in her single mom household, her mom passes away, and so she's having to fend for herself. She literally lives in a tent in the wilderness, and she gets found or stumbles upon this household where everyone in the family, if they are hugged by someone of the opposite gender, then they transform into their respective zodiac animals. And you're like, WTF. And then you end up watching slash reading it, and you are stunned by how well it hits every single one of its emotional beats, despite how silly it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fruits Basket is, is definitely emblematic of the time that it comes from. There was like a period yes. in like the late 90s to early 2000s where yes. every shoujo had like a weird magical realism element yes. to it. And, yep. and then all of the boys transformed into something or had yes. some mass magical element to them. Or maybe sometimes it was Isekai and, and the girl gets transported to like feudal Japan and has to fuck Oda Nobunaga. <laughs> good times. Good, good times. Yeah. It, I mean, it is it is such a, a blast from the past to watch this in, in the year of our Lord 2019. Oh. Oh my god when we were watching there were so many times when i was giggling because i was like man i took this seriously back then but now yeah, it's just exactly like, <laughs> like you you recognize now that it's a, it's still a little silly and it like it, yeah. it clearly recognizes that it's a little bit silly uh yeah. but it, it still manages to hit um it hits it hit its emotional beats which is oh yeah no nice. yeah. It, it's a very like it's a very classic style of 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 show uh yeah. and honestly like I, yeah it, it's kind of nice that we're getting remakes of stuff that came out, you know, when I was starting to watch anime, right? Because right. now now that's the previous generation of stuff that we have to remake. <laughs> right. And I, I've heard people describe this as like they're pulling a brotherhood on Fruits Basket. Where, yeah, right. You know, yeah, for the, sure. Exactly. Because the anime kind of got ahead of the manga and then it had to end in its own way slash not really end. 
And yes. so yeah. now they're revisiting it and they're sticking closer to the source material. They're, they're the style's a little more updated, you know, because they technology's different now. Um and so honestly, it does look really pretty. It does. Um, yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to see all these old shoujo tropes get brought back to oh, life. Oh, <laughs> I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this and hear you scream. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah, I love Fruits Basket. The first time that I watched Fruits Basket was. Uh, uh, my friend was just like having us like like we were just having a sleepover at her place like for the weekend and she had us binge the entirety of the anime in two days. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was so much. So this is a much more, I guess, refreshing pace that I could just like, you know, just yeah. ease into it. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I think um the sensibilities around making anime has changed uh over the years. Yeah. And I'm glad that when when we get remakes, uh, they tend to be like, okay, well, let's let's like do the whole thing over and, and fix the anime only uh, ending that we made. Right. And it gives me hope that maybe one day they'll do that for Oran High School Host Club. Oh my god, I would love it! And see, the thing is that the anime was fi- was fine. Like I liked the anime, but uh, it, but the content that comes after, like where the anime stops with the manga, yeah. like is so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's always the best part of the uh, of the yeah. of the series. And yeah. I, this is, I think, true for a lot of shojo too. I, I think that yeah. a lot of shojo really suffered from the serialized format where uh, they were just. Like, here's the thing. It's a much easier to make filler for Dragon Ball than it is to make it for um, a shoujo drama. Yeah, you can't... It's it's hard because Dragon Ball, you can have people, like, trash talk each other for five million episodes. Well, you can also just have, like, a random dude come in and they fight. And then yeah, he yeah, doesn't exactly. matter anymore. You can make up dudes to fight and stuff. But then for shoujo, it's kind of like, okay, well, you got to make up conflicts. But then also, like, like because it's so hyper-focused on the emotional impacts of everything, like, you kind of either have to not acknowledge that that had an emotional impact or <laughs> kind of, like, have that not-canon character be there till the end. <laughs> yeah, it's why shoujo so often has to just take an anime-only route. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they just couldn't do it otherwise. Adapted into anime or incompletely adapted. But yeah, that's exciting. Um, <sighs> you know, Fruits Basket. If you liked it, you'll like it. If you didn't like it, well, you probably won't watch it. So, I mean, I'm not going to convince you. Yeah, exactly. You. If, you like, <laughs> if you like shoujo drama, I mean, this is it, man. Yeah. I don't know yeah, what to man. tell you. Yeah, Fruits it's not, Basket. It's not like, uh, it, it has its heavy moments, but it's generally a more lighthearted shoujo which is why i could tolerate it because it's not always you know people sobbing at each other i don't know (laughs) yeah okay yeah let's talk about robohachi robihachi so robihachi is a story about um, a man named robbie who is just the the worst he doesn't do anything (laughs) Um, that's not he's, true. He's your very typical, like, womanizing, only wants to drink kind of dude trying to get by in life. I mean, he's, you know? okay, he, he's a dude who is, has no money, he's a reporting, uh, he's a reporter writer, and he has yeah. no money because he keeps getting scammed by women into, yeah. like, pyramid schemes, basically, yeah. and he, he never learns. 
Yeah. And then uh, uh, another guy shows up and his name is Hachi. <laughs> Roby Hachi. Uh, and basically he, at some point in the episode, and okay, at some point in the episode he, he becomes a bounty hunter working for um, whoever that guy is voiced by Tomokazu Sugita. And then comes to arrest Robbie for his debts, and then they escape to space together. And then they turn yeah. into a giant robot to fight the, bo- the bounty hunting ship that is yeah. coming after them. Okay, so here's the thing about Robahachi, is that it's really, really boring. It's, uh, it feels like they didn't, uh, they, they had the content, and then they just didn't arrange it well. Right. No, like, it, the episode dragged on for so long. Nothing right, interesting exactly. happened until the last two minutes of the show. Right. At which right. point something interesting happened. It, exactly. It felt like they were like, OK, we have to save the spaceship robot scene for less so that we can end <laughs> off on like a big banger. Right. And so then they had to just filler the rest of the episode. And it's so sad to watch because the character design is beautiful. The world looks really interesting, and the premise is fine, right? You got two dudes that they they decide that they're going to go to space together, and there's a little bunny robot. It's cool, and and yet <laughs> the 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 amount of like like they just like very barely like skimmed like the most superficial level of this show, and I feel like it could be so good, but the uh, the fact that they just had to pad. For most of their first episode, which the first episode, uh, sorry, episode should be your impression of the rest of the season. If they're going to skim so superficially from the get go, it's just like, what are you doing turning away your viewers like this? Right? Yeah, like- it's, it's weird because <laughs> it, it feels like they're adapting something that uh, they know that they're going to like run out of, like something that's serialized weekly. But it's it's just it's an original show so it's you're not going right to. so they're not beholden to anything they should be able to just fill it with whatever kind of content that they want and it's not like the actual like it just feels like the way that they execute it was just so poor because the actual content itself it's like okay you meet roby okay he has a run with hachi they i don't know they have like lunch together or something and then you get to learn a bit more about roby and how he gets one uh he's he he gets into these pyramid schemes with these women and then there's a bit of a chase scene when it gets revealed that you know hachi's gonna go after him and then you meet tomokazu sugita who's like a very rainbow man and then they have a fight in the end with the mech and the spaceship and yet the execution (laughs) yeah like all of it was there all the content all of the visual design everything was there and i just don't understand (laughs) you know okay it feels okay so it it, we should bring up now that it's by the director who did gintama and yes it feels like really old gintama like episode yeah three gintama Right, exactly. It, 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 because the director, only, he did like the first 102 episodes, I think, of, of Gintama. Unfortunately, like half of those episodes, as in one through like 50, were like like this, right? They were not interesting. And, and we say this as fans of Gintama, the first 50 episodes were extremely uninteresting. <laughs> no, I only watched them because they were kind of funny. And the thing about Robohachi <laughs> is I don't think that 
at least to me personally, none of the none of the humor of it really landed. It doesn't feel right. funny to me. Right. Like it's it's it, not quite as out there as as Gintama was. It has a very similar setting too. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm 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 guessing that it'll hopefully get better later on as they get more into yeah. because now they're actually in space. Now right? they're actually in space. And now they can make comments about like mech anime in general now that they have a mech. So <laughs> Yeah, supposedly it contains a lot of of references to mech anime. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. But also like your you your show has to also be interesting. Yeah, and if you're going to go that route then do so from the get-go. Like I don't know if it, maybe maybe we missed any mech anime references that were there from this episode. I think the, the, the only was, one that I noticed was the that the robot they transformed into is just Mazinger but with a mustache. Right, exactly. And that was at the end. Yeah. <laughs> And, I, I don't know, man. We just kept watching. I was just like, are, we're not done yet. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe like, maybe it's just for, maybe it's like super deep cuts of mech anime. Cause I, and, and maybe, oh, yeah. maybe it's, maybe it picks up in the second episode. Like we've only watched right, one episode exactly. yeah. and we couldn't really bring ourselves to watch another one because the first one was so off putting. Yeah. It, I don't doubt that this is for mech anime fans because it is, it is by the director of Gintama and, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's produced by Sunrise, isn't it? And and like they're the Gundam people. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna get a lot of Gundam. You're gonna get a lot of mileage references. out of that if you're really yeah. into it. But exactly. I, like I, maybe episode two is better. Like maybe I'll go watch it. I'm hoping and, and it see. is. Yeah. But episode yeah. one was really boring. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they could have done better in terms of like pacing it better or like maybe diving a little bit more into it or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I I would say give the first two episodes a watch. Yeah. Don't don't stop at the first episode. Try to move on to the second episode and see if it gets better. Like I I think two episodes is about what you need to to feel out the show. I don't think you need to go the whole three. Yeah. <laughs> then again, we went 50 into Gitama, or at least I did before I felt it. <laughs> I, I I was pretty into it, honestly. I liked Gintama from um, chapter like, or episode like 30-ish. Okay. Uh, just because I, I started to really get into the jokes, and I I really enjoyed it as a, just like a gag comedy until it actually introduced plot elements. Yeah. So I, I mean, again, it's one of those things where like I seem to have less trouble with some of these um, long-running shows getting into it in the beginning. Yeah, I think for me, it's like especially if it's like a comedy anime or like like the comedy has to it, the comedy just didn't la start landing for me until like fifty episodes in. I don't know why. If maybe I got mm. used to it, or maybe it finally hit a note that I liked. Um, and then for action, it's just like, well, I have to like the action right yeah i mean to be fair a lot of gintama's humor comes from really japanese deep cuts yeah like a exactly. lot of them are very specific japanese references like they reference right. lots of japanese politicians and right and stuff and, and like I, that's probably part of it. it it's like it's kind of probably yeah for somebody who did not grow up in that space it's very um it's very dense like it's very mm -hmm, information mm -hmm. dense and mm -hmm. it can be really hard to 
actually get any of the jokes. But once you start getting them, because they do bring some back, once you start getting them, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think also when the... Uh, maybe maybe around that point is when the humor broadens less to very Japan-specific stuff to just, like, more, like, okay, this is kind of, like, uh, like, this is the kind of humor that people would enjoy regardless. Yeah, it opens um, up into into some more some more gag comedy that kind of anybody right. can really get into. Right, I think exactly. A lot of a lot of Gintama's uh, comedy is very like you know Tsukomi. It's very like funny man straight man. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really develop that that really specific flavor of Gintama until yeah, like about fifty or so episodes in. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so Robihachi has a. Gintama director, Gintama voice actors. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's like we'll... it's basically just Gintama, <laughs> except they changed all the faces and then like swapped all the voices around. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm hoping it'll be good because I know a lot of people who like mech anime, and I think it's time we give them something nice. <laughs> I mean, that's that's true. It's been a little bit. It's been a while. <laughs> it's, it's been a little bit. I mean, we had, we had Gridman, which was fine. Gridman was, Gridman right? was pretty was good. good. I think yeah. Gridman was a much more interesting, like, but, mech reference yeah. show. Right, but that was, that was, that was less more about, less about, like, mech and space and more of, like, you know, Yeah, I mean, and... <laughs> it, Robohachi is definitely calling to, like, the sort of influence on Gintama, like, the, the sort of space opera, uh, adventure in space sort of thing right uh but it still stands to be seen whether it actually executes on any of that right yeah um so we'll see on that one <laughs> that one's a question mark um yeah so next we have senbyu shoujo uh which is a shoujo, obviously, about a girl who communicates through writing and a boy who looks like a delinquent, but he's actually very sweet. Yep. Um, and that is very much a, <laughs> a popular Moe Gap kind of ship thing with a lot of people. So if this is exactly your alley, then this prob- the show is probably your thing. Um. For me, I I really like the dynamic, uh, but I'm not a fan of really really slow slice of lifey kind of romancey shows. Um, they have to like, I don't know. There just has to be a very specific kind of way that they go about it that would appeal to me. Um, for this one, it feels like a little too slow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the the pacing is fine for for the story in itself, right? I actually think it's perfect. I just think it's not made for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any thoughts about it? Uh, I like it. I think it's cute. I yeah. wasn't expecting it to be as lighthearted as it was. I thought it was going to be like at least a little bit more serious. Mm. Uh, but no, I mean it's it's only 10 epi- it's only 10 minutes an episode. It is Yeah, it's short. It's a very soft show. Like it's very yes. slow and and steady. It's not I I don't know if I would classify it as boring. I I just think it's slow. Exactly. It's not boring. It's it's just slow and I feel like they deliberately make it that way so that it stays very lighthearted and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> it is a good sort of uh I mean, I don't want to call it a filler show, but like 
when you want to watch something that's just kind of slow and slice of lifey, like this is a really good option. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's cute. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So next we have Shometsu Toshi. <laughs> or After Lost, as it's called in English. Yeah, After Lost. Man, we had a lot of things to say when we were watching this. <laughs> yeah, it was um bad. Oh. Okay. So so it is based on a mobile game uh and I <sighs> I don't know are, if it's necessarily bad. It, it's not bad. Ter- it, it's just it wasn't for us. For well, both of us. We I don't think it was for it. I don't think it's for anybody really. <laughs> Here's here's the thing about it is that I think it's fine. Like okay. I think it's solidly okay because right. there's some things about it that are kind of interesting. Right. Um the premise I'm not like I'm I'm ambivalent about the premise cuz I like the idea of like oh it's a mystery thing about like a, a whole city that disappeared except for one person, right? Right. I think that's interesting. I think that the some of the directing is a lot better than the animation will initially imply. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the... I, I think that it feels like more like a... More like a thriller show. Like sort of an action thriller. Oh my god, the action in this show. <laughs> Even though the action itself is not super hot. I, okay. Oh! Holy cow. <laughs> what I, like basically what I see here is there are inklings of of good things. Like there are seeds of good things in this show that are clearly held back by some aspect of production. It, it, it felt to me like they were trying to cram every single action movie that they've ever seen coming out of Hollywood into one at least one episode, right? I think yeah. we only watched one, if I remember correctly. Like, it went on for a while, it felt like, so it, I can't even did. remember. The, the pacing <laughs> is kind of a mess, but I, I will say, I'm, I'm so intensely curious, because there's that scene where she summons her stand, who's that yeah. dude, and he's just like a, it's a normal guy in a suit, and then he starts yeah. summoning machine guns. Yeah, it's just like a bunch of guns surround him, almost like mommy, but they're floating right there. And then they, he just, and then he just shoots them, and it's honestly down. hilarious to look at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stando. <laughs> and he's firing at a monk. <laughs> yeah, and the monk has like psychic powers. I don't know. Yeah. I. This isn't the direction that I would have taken a story about a lost city, but I mean, if it had better animation, I think it honestly might have been a better watch like i (laughs) a lot of it is is really held back by some aspect of of production like like if you see the the chase scene on the um on the on the moped where it's like all everything is cg and you're like oh no (laughs) oh dear (laughs) i i mean okay i i i do agree i think with with what you're implying here and I think that a part of it is, like, a pacing issue. I think that there's a lot of pacing issues here. 
Yeah, I I think it's also a bit of content, right? In terms of like the like like every five minutes, it feels like someone's smashing through glass or like flying off a building or like I don't know, like like when you have like an action movie, it's not that you have to like make everything action. It's just that the parts that you do put action in feel meaningful, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and are the focus. And then for this, it's just like if you have action all the freaking time, it's exhausting. I was exhausted after we finished watching this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not good at the yeah. very least. I wouldn't recommend watching it to anybody, really. I I would have a hard time recommending it. Uh, I I would say it's it's quite fun to watch it with your friends. Like like yeah, we had if you a just want time watching to you, you know, know <laughs> roast it for a bit. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. Maybe if you're a fan of the original IP that it's based on, then you you might have more investment in it, right? Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Um, and again, the premise is is quite interesting like you said like there's there's something there in terms of the mystery aspect of it but i think they focused on yeah i'm also i'm also (laughs) always disappointed uh in shows that don't keep the like weird art style of uh it has an interesting art style yeah i think the the original original. mobile game has a very interesting art style which is like super but then they get translated into like really really sort of bog standard anime protagonist character yeah it it has a lot to like it's kind of like um i don't know i had a lot i had a hard time watching a lot of old clamp anime like anime based on clamp works because their art style is quite difficult to translate into anime yeah yeah um until up until like the most recent stuff the most recent stuff feels like it's it's a lot easier to do so but back then oh my gosh <laughs> i mean that's that's because clamp has 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 sort of everything um yeah exactly it is it is hardcore clamp yeah <laughs> yeah i i mean i i understand the difficulties in in translating especially for a production pipeline that is geared towards uh like you know serialized anime Right, uh, like it, it will be really hard to get your your animators who are you know used to animating normal character, like sort of standard anime characters, to like suddenly be like, well, here have have these weird things. That's why I feel like that's why there's so few shows that come out that are like original shows that have really unique art styles. I think it's just a production yeah. issue. Like, I, I think right, exactly. Even if they wanted to, like, it is really hard for them to 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 pull it off. Which is why I think. You know that Studio Trigger is really like a a great studio for for that kind of thing. Like I think that they they put out a lot of anime that looks very unique, and so does like Bones and um, uh, Madhouse sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, Madhouse I would say too. Yeah, like it's these uh, like really big name studios. But like I mean, right. actually, I'm I think I think this show is is technically produced by Madhouse. Uh oh. Yeah, but I <laughs> mean, it just, it just I go- have to look it up now. <laughs> it just goes to show you that uh, you know a studio isn't necessarily everything. It, it is the person, the people who work at it uh, on it in the studio. And right, and it- I uh, I wonder if because like because it felt like they were jamming so many elements into one thing. Yeah, it is by Madhouse freaking A. Well, they don't always make great stuff, but when That's, they do, I mean, it's stuff, true. It's great. It's true. Uh, but yeah, um, I wonder if because like because like I said, like it felt like they were just like smashing a bunch of action segments together that because it was first a mobile game that this kind of pacing is fine in a mobile game because a mobile game is a lot slower because there's like grinding in between right um 
But then if you're going to take all of the story elements and mash it all together into one without like adapting it properly, like making certain creative decisions that would make it feel better as an anime, then it will feel less like watchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's always going to be trouble porting stories from one medium to another. I think yeah. it could have been done a lot better. And yeah. it's kind of it's kind of a shame. I mean, I can't speak for most of the content because we've only watched one episode. But uh, I again, it, it's not the direction that I would take a city being mm -hmm. lost in. But mm -hmm. I I can't deny that it's somewhat interesting. The mystery. Yeah, I I I. <laughs> I don't know if I would be willing to watch it for the mystery. I'm but not. I do like I'm not the going mystery. to. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, yeah, I, again, I think there's seeds of something good here that exactly. just have not been properly tended to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels very, at the same time, it feels very cliche. You know, you've got like the mysterious girl. She's the sole survivor of this thing that happened. And no one knows what's going on, and she's on her quest to find her missing father, but she has to be protected by this action hero protagonist dude who doesn't really want to be an action hero. He's just a dude, but he somehow manages to protect her quite well. And then he has an otaku friend who, like, gets him all the tech stuff that he needs, and then so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Sarazanmai. It's time, y'all. It's time. <laughs> so Sarazanmai is the story of a couple of kids. Three of them, to be exact. And they three accidentally boys. break a statue of a big yep. kappa in Asakusa. And then they yep. become kappas. Yep. Uh, you might be surprised at how this all develops. And believe me, you will be even more surprised when you watch it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Anyway, um, so Mai is, I, it's a lot of things, uh, and to just sort of, um, okay, let's, to, to put this into sort of context, <laughs> let's, let's, let's contextualize this a little okay. bit. Let's contextualize this. There's a reason this. why we're at a loss here, but yes. <laughs> so the, the directors of this show are mm. Kunihiko Ikuhara and Nobuyuki Takeuchi, and they're known for various things. Um, yes. But uh, Ikuhara specifically has done directing for Sailor Moon. Yep. Mawaru Penguin Drum. That's the one. <laughs> and Yurikuma Arashi, as yep. well as Utena. <laughs> yep. So if that, gets, if that gives you an idea of, of what this show is, is like, congratulations. Uh, if it doesn't, I'll I'll tell you right now. It's weird. It's transgressive, and it's surreal. And there that's putting it lightly. There is a lot lightly. of uh, creative storytelling and metaphors that go into this anime that is apparently about people establishing connections with each other. Uh, yep. But uh, it's expressed through metaphors that involve many, many. Many, many butts. <laughs> um, children going into butts. Children leaving butts. Uh, children transforming into kappas and then being squeezed out of a kappa's butt. I mean, there's just like... Um, 
you know, uh, it's it's a little uncomfortable. Just lots um, of butt stuff. Yeah, and I don't like that the fact that it's all the butt stuff with the kids, and I just like I don't know whether they're trying to like play on a line of like, oh, but kids love butt stuff, like like they think butts are funny, you know, like. And not in the terms of like, oh, kids should not like butt stuff. This is inappropriate, right? Um, but then, on the other hand, they have these two adult male cops who are very much into the butt stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> I, um, I'm not sure. I, I keep every time we watch more, I'm even more at a loss on how I feel about this show. Uh, aside from the fact that I hate. I absolutely hate how beautifully animated it is. <laughs> it is just, actually upsetting me. <laughs> it, it is upsetting you because you feel so many things and you don't know how to process them. Okay, so the thing about Sarazanmai is that it is like if Yokai Watch was only about kappas and mm -hmm. was for adults. And not for children, even a little bit. And yet, the features like three children. <laughs> they're fourteen yeah. slash fifteen. Oh, they're children. I mean, to be to be fair, so the, it is a, it is like um this is a part of like Kappa mythology where yeah. they have like um like they explain it in the first episode, but they they do a thing where they like go into your butt and they take your things. Yeah. In your butt. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it comes with the territory of of trying to do a a show about uh, yokai, um, about supernatural creatures that isn't for kids, isn't aimed at kids. And I think that it is. I I mean, I would say that I I. I, I but if obviously. it's not aimed at kids, why would you make the three protagonists kids like? Well, no, they no. Could just so, as easily made it older. I don't know. I actually don't. I don't. I actually, I actually disagree with that. I don't think that's true. I think that okay. the reason it works for like the, the reason the conceit of the show works is because they're kids, and it's because they're going through this like really turbulent time in their lives when they're trying to figure right. out their emotions. And yeah. and I mean, like as much as as much as like you know, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to say. Like there is an aspect of you know when you're that age, you are also discovering your body, and I think that's important to think about. Like okay. I, I I think it is beyond the surface level of like oh look the kid the the fourteen year old boys get their butts poked by a kappa right. <laughs> I I think that there is there is like a legitimately um. Because it is, the way that it's animated is, I think, meant to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's not in, like, 100%, it's not in a way that's, like, titillating at all, right? It is not yeah. in a way that is, is exploitative. It, it is almost comical, but in a way that does make you feel slightly uncomfortable. Um, because, and, and I think that this is, this is kind of the point of the show, because when you have that it, it gives a very visceral physical sensation of of discomfort and and invasion right and i think that's that's kind of one of the core themes of, of the show as as far as i've seen it is okay. this idea of like you know connecting to people which means you know seeing into their butts 
No, seeing into like the private parts of of themselves, which have you know, <laughs> yeah, their butts. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they like they stare at each other's butts. No, <laughs> I mean this is a this is a a, a very clearly subversive show. Uh, it's yeah. a very transgressive show. Um, yeah. There is in the first episode, one of the boys is revealed to be um, somebody who cross dresses so that he can. He cross-dresses as the idol of the town or the city so that he can take selfies and send them to his little brother who thinks that he has a special friendship with the idol of the the city. Yeah. Which is immediately kind of like, okay. But then Mm -hmm. it goes further. And there it sort of gets more and more tangled. And... The uh, in and mind you, this is not a spoiler friendly podcast. Uh, we are yeah. going to spoil this, so y- the you first know, three episodes were what we watched. So, uh, we only watched the first people. two actually. Oh, did he? Oh, that's right. We only saw the, the preview the third for the third one. one. That's out. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And in the at the end of the second episode, one of the three boys, um, the cross dresser boy, is is falls asleep in public. And one of the other three boys. Well, but it, it that's the preview for the third episode, though, is the thing. I don't think it's a preview. I think that's just part of the uh, that's the end of the episode. Really? I thought um, it was a preview scene. because they didn't I think, explain. It. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, obviously they're not going to explain it because that's what next episode is going to be about. But like it's it's like the um, it's like the teaser scene at the end of a Marvel movie. Right. It's, yeah. So it's, it's a like preview. The, no, it's not a preview. It's a bonus scene. OK, fine. Whatever. Because it's still it's still part of the, the episode. Like okay. it's supposed to be like um like because they didn't didn't they have um an actual like sort of preview see I don't know it doesn't matter they the boys kiss yeah but they don't have any explanation behind it so you don't know whether what is going on right are the boys actually kissing is there some weird kappa crap going well, on oh, no, like, hey, why hang is on. he kissing him no, hang on they are kissing. Like the, it is explicitly but you're, you on are screen. You basing this off of like a little bit of a teaser, okay? We don't know any of the situation. I'm not saying this as like a denial of the boys kissing. I'm saying like, like because it is such a subversive show that I can't trust a little teaser. I can trust the fact that we watched an entire episode of this boy and another and the other boy holding hands for the entirety of the episode, right? They, and they like, did in fact hold hands. Yeah. And it would make sense that if it if it escalated in a way like oh now well now this boy and the other boy are kissing for some reason. Well, but, okay, uh, so here's here's the thing though is I don't yeah. think that I don't think that this is the kind of show that pulls like a gotcha. Like mm. as as much as it is weird and surreal and um bizarre, like yeah. it it to me has never come across as something that would just be like ah just kidding. Like okay. I feel, I feel like that's going to be vitally important to the next episode. I think there's there's okay. very well, really yeah. something to think about there. I oh. mean, because it's, I, I mean, like like let, let's let's be let's like qualify this here. Like uh, one of these boys is unconscious. Like this is not sort of a consensual um, arrangement that's happening, and and I think that's part of it, right? I, yeah. I feel like that's going to be. If Part they decide to explore this route, then I will be interested in seeing how they go about it. Because again, boy, these boys are like dealing with a lot of feelings and such. Right. And I, I mean, that's that's why I think that it's important that they're like fourteen year olds or like uh, you know, it's, right. it's an I, evangelical I, yeah, turning point. I see your point. point. 
I I think the the initial discomfort is difficult to overcome, but at the same time, it should be a part of the the experience. Like you should feel uncomfortable right. that they're doing all this stuff as fourteen year olds, but at the same time, that's that's when stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean I that that is that is when a lot of uh, it's a very like important part in in the development of like people. Yeah, like at, it, it is at, a part at the when very you're... least. Right. At the very least, it's it's between four other fourteen year olds and not like an adult being right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear that you know it's not um, visually speaking, the language of it is not exploitative. It is yeah. is explorative. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean it. I I honestly think this might be like one of the best shows to come out this season. Like even beyond the fact that it's just gorgeous. It is so stupidly gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculously pretty. It. We were initially interested in the trailer for this because the trailer uses uh, photographs of real life and then has like animated stuff over it, which is really. Yeah. And we were wondering if that was the way the show was going to be animated. It's not, yeah. but there is kind of um, a level of that. And like, there is like there is so much going on in the show. It's such a like thematically dense show because. Yeah. I mean. They live in a a weird sort of future Japan Asakusa, except there's Amazon boxes flying everywhere. Yeah. And and there's an idol that speaks to everybody and and tells them what their lucky item of the day is. It. Yeah. I'm just I'm so mind boggled and interested to see where this is gonna go. And I think that I'm, this, yeah. The surrealism of it also is yeah. is definitely is definitely part of that, and I think that's why the discomfort is is there because you're yeah, displaced. Yeah, it's compelling. Yeah, I, I think there's there. It's affecting. Yeah, it's yeah. not only you know uh, visually displacing because mm-hmm. it's so surreal to look at. It's also mm-hmm. you know emotionally displacing because you are yeah. you do feel that that immediate just sort of like oh those are boys. Yeah. Like those yeah, are little it, boys. Yeah, exactly. I, it's very purposeful at, at the very least, right? And again, I it, it man, I don't know, I don't know, but I I do think that the themes that it's kind of hinting at grappling with are are pretty interesting, right? Like the whole like Amazon box thing. There's obviously like Amazon's the thing right now. That's the big commercial thing going on, and it does explore like how people like like the very first episode shows like a, the antagonist or whatever has such an over dependence on the Amazon box, right? He just right. wants to be in the box, doesn't want anything else to do except be with the boxes, and I think that speaks a lot to like you know, uh, like a very uh, I guess like on the nose kind of comparison to how people treat commercialism and whatnot and amazon in general um and also like the whole idol foretell like she's kind of like a horoscope idol right like she'll tell you your 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 how things are going to be for you on that day and 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 the main character very obviously has such a huge over dependence on her and that's also very telling of people nowadays too like they have an over dependence on people telling them how what they can look forward to in the day kind of thing right and exactly rather than like drawing that from themselves they'll rely on someone else like that kind of thing yeah so i think the, the things that's grappling with are interesting and i really loved the other works that this director has done so um yeah. mostly utina but you know <laughs> i mean the other works this director has done are all transgressive gay yeah visually very pretty so yeah 
I mean, I'm expecting more of that, and it seems to be uh, delivering on that. Uh, I'm really curious to see where it goes there, because the yeah. thing about it is the um, the way that the show is is animated and the setting of it. It feels very dystopic in a way. Um, there's some, yeah. there's a kind of like oppressively commercial element yes, to the exactly. se- yeah. to the setting of it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it almost feels like. Um, it almost feels like, aside from, you know, the main characters, like, um, people are only vaguely real. Hmm. And I think part of this is is the the way that they extract some of this, where instead of, sometimes instead of showing crowds of people, they'll show, like, cardboard cutout, like, um, walk sign people, like, going yeah. to and fro. Yeah. I'm, I'm super interested in this. I really, really want to see where it goes. Uh, I'm definitely keeping yeah. up with this. Yeah, yeah, we'll be keeping up with it. I will be more and more confused as we go on. My head will hurt. <laughs> It'll be fine, I guess. <laughs> it just, you know, it just be like that. I, I think that I really think that this is something that deserves a rewatch. Um, after yeah, after the yeah, fact. for sure. I think after all is said and done, it will need a rewatch to be able to understand what's going on because that's that's how i processed utina at the very least because the first time i watched it i was just like i was too confused to understand anything and then the second time i watched it i was like oh ah, okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. all right let's talk about how carolyn tuesday is stuck in netflix limbo yeah let's how about that we talk about how we cannot talk about carolyn tuesday <laughs> we can't talk about it because we we haven't watched it because it's it's licensed by Netflix, which means what they'll do is they'll release it after all the episodes are out, subbed, and yeah. then, you know, and, and like, they'll release it, uh, how do I say this? After everyone's done talking about it. Yeah, so you can probably, if you want to watch it now, you'll have to do so illegally, which we do not, you know, we're I not mean, we don't, that. we don't condone yeah. or endorse yeah. that. Exactly. So we're not saying it's impossible to watch it right now, but we're saying right now we can't talk about it because we can't watch it through the means that we would like to. Right. Yeah. It's, and I mean, there is something to be said about a lot of things here as, as like this ever atomized stratification of streaming service licensing means that you have to go sub to like four different places to actually watch all the anime that you want to and even then it's not enough to watch like all the anime because some of it still falls through the cracks and then like right netflix especially is terrible um if for no other reason than um okay so one of netflix's greatest strengths is its bingeability due to its autoplay feature right yeah it's really easy to watch a lot of episodes at once yep that is also the reason why it is the worst platform to license serialized anime because (laughs) they want to do that with anime as well and they don't i guess realize that that's not the best way to get that done that when people are talking about it it's when it's airing weekly and immediately afterwards and that people are not necessarily going to binge the whole show in like two days just to talk about it for the season. Yeah. I really want to watch this. It's by legendary director Shin, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe who did Cowboy yeah. Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Yeah. And the character designs are amazing. The setup of it looks really interesting. It's It's about two musicians who want to create music in a world where all music is generated by AI 
and I think they're also on Mars. Yeah, I I think so. Some something like that. And apparently they have like they they have the actual they have like actual singing in them and like actual and oh my god, it sounds so good. Yeah. But we can't watch it legally. Not yet. Because <laughs> Netflix doesn't understand how anime works. Which is a shame. Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly might just be worth waiting for the season to end and then just watching it all and then doing an entire episode on it. Hmm, okay. Because um, I, I, I think that's our best bet. Because I, I, it looks like it's, it might be something special. And it looks like the reception to it has been quite positive. And I okay. don't want to abandon it just because I Netflix don't want to abandon it either. Yeah, doesn't. I've been looking forward to the show. How anime works. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing that we didn't really get to watch that we really wanted to. Yeah. So let's let's get into stuff that I watched that you watched and I did not. This and time you, you take the front runner. <laughs> yeah, because I had some I, I had a little bit of extra time, um, amongst all my dying. <laughs> uh, because uh, okay, hang on. I uh, one of one of my classes has assigned so much reading, it is actually ridiculous. It's not even my capstone class, but for one of the days that she wanted us to read something like a hundred sixty pages in like two days, bro, <laughs> which is like doable but pretty rough. And then also yeah. in that same week, we had to watch two movies, and it was like oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway I, I managed to find some extra time when everyone was asleep and i was awake and you just binge jojo's anime. and this <laughs> yeah while i was binging jojo's so i watched uh joshi kausei which is uh the show about three girls and it's uh, a short form three minute format show about three girls doing whatever it's just like one or two visual gags because there's no dialogue and that's the oh. that's the conceit of the of the um show. Okay. It's pretty cute. There is um it is uh how do I say this? It is meant to be titillating a little bit. Ah, okay. Like just just a little bit. Okay. Um because the first episode that it starts off with is is about one of the girl's thighs. Yeah. Um and and her name I think is like Futomomoki or something and the, the pun uh -huh. being Futomomo means thighs yeah uh and yeah it's definitely like it's a little bit it's for sure it's a little bit male gazy but <laughs> as other than that like it's honestly pretty like it's not like super sleazy or anything it's just a little bit sure. like li lingering shots on butts and thighs right 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 you know uh, your sort of standard anime fare it's right. honestly like not too bad i i thought it was pretty cute and funny okay. one of the uh, the the gag for episode three is actually especially really funny it's executed really well um because mm. a lot of them is you know when you don't have dialogue you know you don't get to to do like filler stuff necessarily it's a lot easier to sort of condense your uh your thing i think it's okay. originally like a yonkoma i think it's like a four panel comic which would mm. be which would make sense but yeah I mean, it's only three minutes. Uh, there's no dialogue. Uh, I I would watch it. I might I might watch the rest of it. Um, okay. I watched Isekai Quartet, which is the crossover show where they use the chibi versions of the characters of Konosuba, Overlord, ReZero, and for some reason the saga of Tanya the Evil. I don't know why that one's. I think 
Actually, I, th- I think I do know why. Because I think that they're all shows that have been done by, um, uh, like, they have this little, like, short form uh, chibi version, gag version um, of the shows. And I think the same staff that did all of those, I don't remember which company does it, but I think the staff that does all of those did shows for all of those. And so they decided to cross them over. Okay. It's, I mean, you will like it if you like any of the other shows, but especially <laughs> Konosuba, because it is, um, it, it, it's definitely, it's meant to be funny, so there's a little bit of that, uh, it's very Konosuba, for sure. Right, yeah. Um, it's not as over-the-top as Konosuba is, but it's still, it's still funny. Okay. I mean, if, if, if you like that sort of thing, you can for sure watch it. If you um, like isekais as much as soup. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna watch any more of this show, mind you. <laughs> but that's just because I have I have limited time, and I mean I'm. Eh. But you're all caught up on JoJo's. You have to fill that JoJo void with something. Uh, I gotta read the manga, <laughs> bud. <laughs> okay, right. never mind. <laughs> the next one, I re- the next one I watched was Hitori Bochi Something Something Life, uh, or Hitori Bochi no Maru Maru Seikatsu. Fun fact: uh, it is actually uh, so it means something something Maru yeah. Maru. <laughs> is the uh, Maru is the word for circle, and that's the that's the thing that they use for omissions in Japan. Like like when you censor something, you you put circles in it. So it also implies like uh, murmuring. So it's like hmm. it's like Hitori Bochi's life. <laughs> hammer, hammer. Uh, I was surprised at how much I actually liked this show. It it is one of those. Um, there's like one central conceit to it. It's kind of slice of lifey. It's it's sort of a gag comedy, uh, but it's really cute. the The animation is really like s- like solid. It's very clean and smooth. It mm. is surprisingly dynamic for something that actually doesn't have a huge range of motion. But okay. the the what it does have is is executed really well. Um, it's very cute. It's charming it's actually funny like it it is legitimately funny because Mm. it is about a girl who is so socially awkward she can't like talk to people Mm. uh and it's about her trying to make friends in middle school because she just graduated elementary school and her only friend decided i'm not going to be friends with you again until you make friends with all of the friends and all of the people in your in your class bro which is like (laughs) woof. that's Um, tough love man that's tough love that's big tough love uh but it's it's really funny because um I think the visual humor of it is really good. Like the timing of the jokes is is like solid. And yeah. it's not like mean-spirited and it's also uh, like thank Jesus, it's also not like uh Okay, so these are middle school girls. Okay. <laughs> and it is like there are a lot of very small details that make it feel more accurate to that. In, in a way that's not like, oh, look at these middle school girls. Look at how sexy they are. Which is like, uh. <laughs> makes you want to die. But like, there are a lot of like really small details about the character designs that feel like they inform um, about that. Because it's uh, the main character, her blazer, like her jacket is, is like just a little bit too big. And and her skirt is like just a little bit too long, mm. so it it's like it's like it's little details like that. Like I, I mean, I noticed that the 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 camera shots of it are very, are very much like different from 
something like Joshi Kaosei, which are a little bit more like titillating, um, which right. is good because they're middle schoolers. And if if that wasn't the case, I would hate this immensely. <laughs> but but you know because it's not, it's actually really really charming and yeah. cute and. Yeah. There's there's this gag where uh, she just flops onto the ground, like uh-huh. her whole face just like hits the ground. <laughs> she just goes whop. It's it's good. Great. Um, if you need something funny to watch, something lighthearted, uh, and you want something a little bit faster than Senryu Shoujo, but um, it's a little. I think it's a little bit more substantial than Senryu mm. Shoujo is. Okay. It's. I would highly recommend it. Honestly, um, mm. I wasn't expecting to like it because normally. I feel like right now I'm in a I'm in a period where uh, I'm not uh, I don't really want to watch a lot of slice of life stuff necessarily. Um, like I'm I'm kind of okay with skipping most of these, but these this is actually really cute, and I, I might oh, continue okay. to keep up with it. And then the last one I watched, yo, the last one I watched, the one that will send you to Satan's embrace. <laughs> I watched the helpful Fox Senko-san. Uh. And this is this is Doga Kobo's seasonal lolly bait show. Yeah. Because the brought to you by the studio that brought you such brilliant classics as the one where the maid is a huge lollicon. Or it's okay to be a lollicon if you're a college woman lusting after your little sister's friend in fifth grade. Okay. Okay. I despise I despise the things that, that this studio makes sometimes. Because they also made the uh, they also made Dozaki Kun, which is good, and the cheerleading anime where one of the characters actually has a coming out scene, which is also uh, decent for at least having that be a part of it. But I, it, there's a weird jumble of things here because then at, on the other end of the spectrum, like this show is uh, the it's this it's the studio that brought you the anime adaptation of uh, Yudu Yuri, which makes sense for what they're making now but um i feel like they're they're maybe like treading a little bit too far along that line it is uncomfortable i think Mm. um because i want to like this show because uh, the actual components of the show are quite decent most Mm. of the time Mm. the there is a uh uh so it is about the basically the the rehabilitation, um, sort of the healing process of an overworked salary man, which okay. is fine because like yeah. Japan has a really big problem with this, where yeah. you know it works its its workers to to death basically, and the crushing force of capitalism is going to come for all of us. And sometimes you oh just oh my god, <laughs> sometimes you really just need to to relax and and uh, it. Okay, if it if this was any other show, if the conceit was anything else, I right. think it would be a quite quite a wholesome show because it is about right. being pampered and taken care of and and uh, and that there's another conversation to be had here about about labor, but you know that's not something I'm going to go into right now. Um, but because the conceit of it is that the person who is taken care of. This like thirty plus year old salary man is an eight hundred year old fox girl who looks about twelve to fourteen. That's what makes it really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like if this was a if this if the, if this was a father daughter sort of conceit, 
if this was a like this is my 14 year old daughter who has learned to cook so that um me a single father can have a little bit of relaxation that would be a very wholesome setup that would right. be a really It'd nice be show like sweetness and lightning kind of setup you know right you like, would be that kind of wholesome reverse sweetness and lightning if this yeah. show <laughs> was about an adult human being or fox or whatever if this is about a person who looks like an adult taking care of uh, a person like that would just be i mean that would just be what anime was like in like the 90s like with like stuff like you know oh my goddess or whatever right yeah it, it would it would just be a wholesome version of that instead of a harem and right that would be fine too i feel like yeah. i mean there's another conversation to be had here about like feminized labor and housework, but different conversation. <laughs> but because they decided to go with this, they're just like, well, she obviously looks 14, but why? Yeah. Like there's only one reason why, and you know why. Yeah. And it's, it's just, uh, okay. There is a scene in the latter half of the first episode where he's just like, can I pet your tail? And of course they have to turn it into the, the sort of gag where it's like, no, I'm ticklish and it's going to make me make noises with my mouth. And it was maybe the most uncomfortable four minutes of my life. Oh my god. <laughs> As I had to watch this like grown man like touch this fluffy tail, which is like in and of itself, not, not necessarily like a... Um, an, 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 an uncomfortable sequence because right. like yeah. you know it's like petting your cat but because like there's the whole thing about like it's like you didn't there's no reason it has to be like this but because you've decided to make your your little girl character make very uncomfortable noises as he touches the tail there's I, what am i supposed to think about this like where do you want me to go with this oh yes like you know like blushing breathing squirming yep yep it is it is the whole nine yards of uncomfortable and Uh, if it was if this was and like you know obviously um putting everything aside if this was an adult fox an adult looking fox girl right that would be more wish fulfillment and sort of like i guess etchy than it would be just plain uncomfortable right (laughs) and at least that's another conversation that i could like have but (laughs) because it is like this (laughs) yeah i can't and it's like i wish you hadn't made the show like this because otherwise it would be quite wholesome and like a nice sort of wind down show where you're where like there's a sequence at the end of the show where she addresses you directly uh and like helps you calm down by like talking to you or whatever and like i mean personally i'm not into that sort of thing like the the, like weird pillow boy talking genre (laughs) of anime um but i feel like i feel like that 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 could be legitimately helpful for for certain people who really just kind of need to hear that in their lives yeah. But she just didn't have to look 14. <laughs> and or at the very least it it's a confluence of things that they just if you changed any one part of it it would be like leagues better. And I don't right. I don't like the fact that this is like where we're at where this is what <laughs> they have to do and that like 
this is what I have to look at with my eyes, and like we're gonna have a whole debate <laughs> about fiction versus reality again, even though like oh, I just don't want the discourse. I, it's I don't know. This is the show that you will watch at your own peril if you're like me, <laughs> or if you're not like me and you you've just decided to rebuke everything that I've said, then I'm not going to get to you anyway. Like the, nothing I say will dissuade you from watching this show. Like the act of watching the show itself is not exploitative, but the fact that the show exists in its current form is a little uncomfortable. Like it is undeniably uncomfortable. Thanks, Soup, for putting yourself in peril. For I know. I did it so you didn't us. have to. Because if you watched this, you would have died. <laughs> like, considering how uncomfortable I am with just Sarazanmai, like, I know I would be deceased if I watched any of the show. <laughs> you would instantly perish. I know it. Okay. That was that was that was my thing. Uh, that's all the stuff I, I Thanks, watched that man. you didn't watch. Um, I watched yeah. Senko San, so you didn't you didn't have to. Thanks. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like there's a level of uh, of uh, there's a level of um, uh, disbelief, like a uh, a, sus- a suspension of disbelief. Sure. That you can have if you just think of it as anime, but right. Uh, like a layer of removal kind of thing. Right, but like the fact that you have to do that in the first place is is a little bit like <laughs> oof. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you will know if this is something that you will want to watch. I guarantee I think, it. Right, like based on the premise alone you will know and then You'll know. When you watch it then you'll definitely know. Yeah, at, okay, at the very least I'm not excusing it, but at least it's not like he's an explicit lolicon. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because two of the shows that Doga Kobo has made in the past couple seasons have explicitly been about that. <laughs> and not like not like in a not like in a subversive, like don't be weird way. It's like a literally like a what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um Yeah. And uh I feel like there was something else I wanted to say about this, but probably, I guess I've forgotten it, so it doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Senko-san, huh? <laughs> Senko-san, uh, I mean, huh? I, I think we're good. <laughs> I, I think, think we've done well I think I'm today, good. you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh... That's all the also stuff we watched for the season. Yay! Um, we'll get back to you at the at the end of the season to to tell you what we kept up with. Uh, if we didn't yeah. mention anything, it's because we didn't watch it. And um, we have a process of by which we choose what to watch because we don't have infinite time. Um, and that process is we just look at the descriptions, watch the trailers, and then scream. It's a it's a quite good vetting process. <laughs> it's quite a it's quite a good vetting process. It's true. So yeah, uh, what are uh, what are you going to be up to? Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Ah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch and Tumblr and all that at Swan Drawn. I'm also on Instagram at Swan dot Drawn. 
I will be working on commissions that I got during the convention. So if you want to see stuff and stuffs, come on over. And that's what I'll be working on for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> what about you, buddy? Hmm. Uh, you can find me on all places at Literal Soup. This week, I will be... Um, I've Okay, so I've signed up for graduation and commencement, and I've, I've taken care of all the logistical stuff. Yes. So now I just have to figure out, or I don't have to figure anything out. I just have to survive the quarter, which yeah. uh, I think I can get a handle on. I just need to sort of uh, take the bull by the horns. Um, you can do it. Yeah, which is a little hard when your friend from Seattle is down for the weekend and you, you want to hang out, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I probably won't be up to like too much more than what I've already been up to. I'll probably just continue reading JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> I don't think I will be up to very much more than what I've already been up to for the past uh, couple weeks. I'll probably continue reading JoJo's. I will be playing more Grand Blue Fantasy, which I love. <laughs> love that game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm really just sort of looking at how many weeks of school I have left and quaking in absolute terror. Because <laughs> I have zero idea what, what is happening. And I guess I have to start putting together a resume and applying for jobs. Bro! And that is a terrifying prospect. Bro. It is time. So, so yeah, um... At the very least, okay. At the very least, I have like a couple months after school ends that I can dedicate to, to job hunting because my lease doesn't end until August. So mm. I have a little bit of time that I can kind of excuse away by leaving here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, aside from the sort of existential terror of um, the job market, <laughs> I am... Uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of it. That's actually um, I'm just gonna drown myself in JoJo's so I can not think about anything else. That's a good way to embrace JoJo's. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what our ending was. It, it, we are Majima Construction Company. Yes. Oh my god! Again, you forget. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna look it up. We're gonna take we're gonna take two. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll link you right now. No, hold on, I love this. Okay. In your gravelly allergy voice. <laughs> yep. I want the I want the slow jazz version.
また明日ね。